Next voice message. Hey, Al. It's Anya, the bleeding heart liberal or whatever I'm called. Um, just listened to your last episode, calling on my way to my barn office at my parents' house. I love this. Um, that has no running water. Uh, anyways, Dave is really smart. Now that I know that nobody listens to your podcast except us, I would love to come back on and talk about stuff. And uh, just wanted to see if you knew about this uh, billion-dollar company called Clubhouse that uh, has basically, like, taken your idea and made it technologized. Sorry. Anyways, call me back. Love you. Bye. End of message. To erase this message, press 7. To save it, press 9. To mo- Message erased. everybody, welcome to Landline Podcast. I'm a professional voiceover artist. You're lucky, because on today's episode, it's... More rock and roll and a little less, like, commercial. Like, a little less Madison Avenue and a little more, like, uh, Silver Lake. I don't know what Silver Lake means. Eric Clapton sounded that good, I would have been listening to him more. If he sounded like 70s jazz? No, that was like 50s pop. That was... Like funk. That was not 50s, but... Well, it was like... James Brown. Wasn't that like the 60s? James Brown was in the 60s. But that was... Kind of a Hawaiian thing. No, that like that song wasn't in it wasn't in Pulp Fiction, but it was it was close. Okay, it was like in Forrest Gump. So you got me this incredible phone booth, and we already did that podcast. But I do sound nasally and tinny, but it stands to reason that maybe I sound nasally and tinny. Anyways. Well, you're in like a literal tin box, so that so, could also have something to do with it. I think it's going to be one of those kind of like people don't like the sound of my voice, but it's addicting situations, hopefully. I don't know. Well. So there was this movie that my friends and I used to watch in high school, and it was called Don't Be a Mat. God, see how I paused because I was like, I really wanted to do it right. Here Just start over. Don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Did you ever see that movie? No, but I've heard you reference it a few times. So it was the Wayans Brothers. It Wayans. was a Wayans Brothers joint. How many Wayans Brothers can you name? Two. Who are they? Marlon and Damon. Keenan Ivory. 
Oh, wow. Sean Waynes. Okay. And there's a fifth, and there might be six or seven, but anyways, the Waynes Brothers in Living Color, really a force of comedy in my youth, thanks thanks to my father, honestly. So um, it was the Waynes Brothers, and there was this there was this scene where there was like a baby man, I think, that if memory serves, or it was like a baby, but like, uh, I think it was... Marlon Wayans played the baby with his adult face like in a bonnet. Mm, they and, were into that kind of shit. And they all had to like read him. And he was older than his dad. That was the joke that he was older than his dad. <laughs> That's how young his dad was. And his dad was Sean Wayans, I believe. And I hope I'm getting this right. Call the landline 503-894-8480 if I'm not. And anyways, they were going out to like party with this woman who maybe was that baby's mother but that's a whole nother side story. And they needed to read him a bedtime story to get out of the house. And they read him an erotic story, of course. And so they're reading it to like the adult baby played by, I hope, Marlon Wayans. And it's well, you like, have a one in five chance of getting that right. And it's taking a, a long time. And he finally just like takes his pacifier out with his bonnet and goes, get to the damn fucking part. And so that's how I feel like we should start to the, this podcast is just by getting to the damn fucking part, which oh. is that our coffee maker is broken. <laughs> yeah, like many spirits and hearts that have been just wrecked because of COVID-19. Let's let the new landline 2022 rule. Let's just not mention COVID-19. Well, it's just compelling because like, Buying that coffee maker was March of 2020, and here we are two fucking years later, <laughs> and it's broken. I don't know. Maybe that's not compelling. Okay, so the point is there's an amazing podcast where we go through how we wanted this coffee maker, and instead of getting the coffee maker, we got a twisty pet, pet China, and this was also when we all got the virus from China, if you want to know where I have ended up politically. Since you last heard from me. And the the point is, the coffee maker was like, why did you like this coffee maker so much? Can you remember the name of it off the top of your the head? The Bonavita 8-cup single Ah, you already screwed it up. Come on, man. What is it? Bona, I, there's a one-touch right after well, the 8-cup. Bonavita 1-touch 8-cup coffee maker. Mm, no, we're going to have to. If I could play drops, I'd drop in. It was longer and more elegant. But anyways, this thing broke after probably let's see i mean do you think it was I think 700 pots of coffee i think it was probably well we we have gone out of the house on vacation so we didn't do coffee that day we did two cups of coffee two pots of coffee maybe 16 percent of the time okay so are you saying more like i think the 600 cups of the coffee? over under is like 970 that's what vegas oh. is saying and like if you go over you're getting paid you know plus three plus years of casual co- like we had it for two two years right but 365 times two would be seven you know 30 and oh, then, okay. you know, you're adding that, but you're taking away. It probably isn't over 900. But anyways, okay. So so that cough, po- that Let's cough of potty. 820. Fine. 820 pots of coffee. The thing broke. And then what happened? Um, It sat like 
it like moved to like four different locations in the house like it was defunct but we didn't have the heart to remove it completely because it was like such a part of our family and so we just like moved its carcass around <laughs> well the 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 issue is that there's almost it's almost like a dead body with like a heavy weighted lead necklace around its neck and we we can't it's the it's the double walled carafe yeah that thing's the the the, the, the carafe instead of putting it into a glass carafe where the coffee maker heats it it's putting in there is no heating element underneath where the coffee goes into and instead it's a it's a clean canteen it's a what's the company that everyone now buys at the grocery store it's a, no it's not a hydroflask cuz it is it's a bend double oregon hydroflask so it's not but it's it's it, whatever it is it's an insulated pot of coffee with a with a tight fitting lid and so it's hot till i don't know 9:45 maybe like hot and there's only one button and there's no electronics and Jeff Bezos isn't involved except for when you buy it from him, which is most of the time. So it's 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 pretty good. OK, well, the other thing that happened with it is that we got the sales receipt from the local kitchen store where we purchased it with the hope after my, you know, let's say 26 minutes on the phone with the sales lady whose name I believe is K K A Y. E, probably. And didn't record it because depression. And so, you know, we we basically we we got the receipt that we could then submit to the Bonavita warranty department at Bonavita.com or dot US. It might be dot US. So do you want me to just keep going? Because I kind of need you in here for balance, but also it's kind of my story right now. Well, I okay, well, this like it zooms out to a further matter, which is Alex is in charge of the domestic realm in our house right now. And the failure of this coffee pot was like, it was like up to him to, to make it right. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it was definitely up to me. I think, so how we've been drinking coffee might be some, some of the questions being asked right now. Your mother is something that you you go on a journey with your mother-in-law. I can say that. And one of the very nice parts of my journey with my mother-in-law is that when she first arrived in a house of some, you know, report or retort or rapport in Oregon that we lived in, she brought – no, she sent ahead on Amazon negative points there. But anyways – she bought her own coffee maker for visiting our house. No, she came she came once and didn't have it. And the next time she sent a a four cup Mr. Coffee ahead of her arrival. Like like some sort of Roman emperor, like making sure all of his gold scrolls were where he wanted them to be in his like <laughs> Winter Palace. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, you know, one of those moments where you want to be mad at the person, but you're kind of you kind of like their move. I like liked the move okay, right well, away. Okay, well, like explain why she well, We have to get back to that we we can't go too far into okay, the weeds cuz that's something that I took note of listening to old landlines is we just get a, we have to keep everyone is trained to get everything fast and organized and unfortunately okay, sorry, like, we have Yeah, no, it's not your fault, it's mine. So 
So she sent the coffee maker. I was like, oh, God, that's kind of weird. Like, she's got her own coffee maker. Then it's like, this is awesome. She's like, she's got her own setup. I'm not anxious about her coffee in the morning. She makes it at 3.15 when she wakes up. And she's, it's dark roast. And it's like, Pete, it's Major Dickinson from Pete's. And I don't want to drink hers. And she doesn't want to drink mine. And, and like, what a glorious moment. She can make coffee for herself whenever she wants at my house. Okay, so that's what we've been making her coffee out of. I sent the sales receipt to the warranty section of Bonavita.com. I didn't get a reply. I fought like a good salesperson. I followed up again about three weeks later wondering what was going on, if they had an answer to it. I then went back maybe four days or five days later to the website and realized that the website was shut down. Like it had been running and then when you went back, it was gone? Yeah, and it was one of those weird like not – there's, somebody on the internet should invent like this website is permanently closed. Like not like we cannot reach the domain name. Like is that because my modem's not working? Is that because like my computer's corrupted with pornography? Is that because like Russia is attacking? What like what is going? What do you mean? Or is the company out of business? Somebody just tell me what it, what is the domain name dysfunction and how does it actually relate to me? Mm. Okay, so. Then we kind of then I went to Reddit, which very unlandline, but kind of the landline of the internet these days. Just a bunch of people making wild accusations, but you can kind of, but at least it's community oriented, right? So, so, and I found that the entire company had shut down, and that it was based in Seattle, Washington. So we could drive there and beat the shit out of all those. No, it was more like we could drive there. I mean. Not to go down another rabbit hole, but it does remind me of the time where we bore witness to the death of like the second to last Super 8 processor in the country. Mm. And you like literally went to the the like address and like knocked on the door and like people were like s- like scurrying out the back, like never to process another frame of super eight ever again and like you were there when it happened at pack lab was i there no like what about that place in rhode island mm, don't remember okay oh no it, was, it wasn't an adolf gassers no they didn't they no they they don't process anyways tim call the landline 503-894-8480 to, to give me the answer there okay so now we've got a dysfunctional we've got a podcast is what we've got at that point we've got a dysfunctional coffee pot that we did a podcast about we've got a um lack of being able to marry condo we've got a maybe i can fix this and save the world another piece of garbage we're brewing okay so just as a reminder a four cup coffee maker makes two cups of coffee yeah what's with that so is that the metric system alex and i are like like zombies like fiending around this little ass coffee pot and, and by, just like and constantly like grinding and brewing and grinding and brewing it was like and to make it's awful it's like just give me the whole bag of coke and you know i'll give you the money right just 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 let's make the coffee let's make enough coffee that we don't have to yeah, think let's just about make it enough anymore. coffee let's once. just make enough enough coffee okay so but now you you ruined my well let, you didn't ruin anything that was that was a great interjection let's let's be more um grateful in 2022 okay so like i said we've got 
pack rat. We've got hoarding. We've got don't want to make another thing in China. We've got like fuck China. The shit they make doesn't even work anymore. We've got like how dare you close. We've got I mean that's interesting. Why did you close? Like we also have like why couldn't our local store just give us a new coffee figure maker? It out? Like we made the decision to shop there instead yeah, good of point. Amazon. Good, good like, point. Fix I bet. This. I bet if we had bought it on Amazon, we could get a free one because they're like, we don't care. We make, we're making the world's biggest garbage dump in yeah. the middle of Nebraska. All of your stuff that you've returned right away that same day, we would never go through the process of actually remerchandising it, repackaging it, and resending it. We throw it all out. That's way more efficient. We have a gigantic pile of garbage in the middle of the country that you'll never know about. And of course, you can have a free coffee maker. All right, so now it's time for me to do something with my life, right? I got three days a week where I don't have a child and I don't have a job. I mean, I've got seven days a week where I don't have a job, but I got three days a week where I don't have a child. And this thing's been lurking around my kitchen counter. Thank you, uh, budget countertops in Portland, 503-894-8480. Thanks, Trong. Trong, T-R-O-N-G, I think, Trong. T-R-O-U-N-G. Was there a you? I don't think so. Anyways, so I I start I'm I'm gonna take it apart. There's no I'm not taking it to a mechanic, although I was I was tempted. You know, I looked on Craigslist, could I find another one? I'm taking this thing apart. So there's three Phillips head screws that take a very small head of a screwdriver. I have one of those we have two double ended screwdriver pens that will that are, will solve all your problems. By the way, it's like at the checkout at the hardware. It's there's like such a satisfying tool. Yeah, you, it gets into all those long holes of uh, electric cars, remote controls that you can't get to, and the like motorized, um, you know, Brio train set engine that runs on one double A battery. It'll get in there too. So. I, I get the three Phillips heads out. Then there's two triangle head screws, which ne- I've never seen before. Now, I'm not like a handyman, but I've done a lot of screw driving, right? There's flat heads, there's Phillips, there's star, there's like a modified star. There's those kind of squares Square. that you use when you're like a contractor on deck screws, right? With your, with your yeah, the impact driver. But I've never seen a triangle. So I go to YouTube, amazing website. Don't know if you've heard of it. It's on the internet. And I look up how to remove this. And one of the options the guy gives, he suggests something that I don't pursue. It's just using a a flathead screwdriver in the exact same width as a side of the triangle. And this is a equilateral triangle. Thank you very much. So I get those screws off too. It's a miracle. I've already been vindicated. This is I'm an hour into this project and I'm three weeks into thinking about it. And so then I see that there's some sort of, it almost looks like a rodent has been in there and chewed away this plastic sheath that goes over a connection, which has now become very loose and in fact may be detached. And it looks a little bit burned. And so I say, aha, I figured it out. This is why this thing is broken. And I put the connection back together. It's this tiny little, I mean, do you understand what I'm saying here? Is this a good description? Are you talking to me? Yeah. Of course I do. I mean, I like, I saw the video. Yeah, but like, okay. So, so, (laughs) so I put the connection together. I put some water in. I flip back back over. I hit the button. It doesn't work. And I say, hmm. 
So I dump the water out of the reservoir and I turn it back over and I see, oh, the connection has come apart again. So when I turn it over, it just shook apart again. So I make that connection again. I gently turn it over. No, excuse me. I keep it inverted with the bottom off. I plug it in. I turn it on. And there's a little bit of tiny, teensy, one little wisp of smoke. And then I see a spark. And then I see a small explosion. And then I get a nice big sort of mushroom Flame. mushroom cloud of smoke. <laughs> and then it comes. But like the mushroom I, is like gnome size. It's like a mushroom cloud, but it's. Not even like ant size. Okay. Yeah. Gnome size. That's nice. I shouldn't have stepped on that. And then basically I do it again and take a video and send it to you. And as I said, I feel like Aaron Brockovich in that moment. I have figured out why the Bona Vida Coffee Company has failed. And I have the countertop evidence to show that basically there is a major malfunction in the design that basically has the same impact on me as the spatial Columbia exploding where there was a faulty O-ring. <laughs> is that is it too Okay, so that's a it's great too soon. that's too soon. Is it will it always be too soon? It's 30 Like nobody it's, it's, was watching it live when it failed. The coffee pot? That's right. <laughs> Except you. Like that it, was the bummer about it was, it was the Challenger, wasn't it? It wasn't the Columbia. I think the Columbia exploded in 1998. Oh, yeah. So that was too soon. I'm sorry. I, I'm genuinely sorry about that. The Challenger was in, I think, 86. And so that's 35 years later by my math. 36 now. So anyways, sorry. I'm not going to erase it. I'm trying to turn over a new leaf with just realizing I've already been canceled in my own mind. <laughs> So, anyways, that's the story of the coffee pot. Please, can you can you can you give me a uh, Ed McMahon here? I need a I need a I to mean, wet my lips. It's just like one of those endings where you're like, wait, like I don't know. Alex sent me the video and I couldn't make heads or tails of it. It was like <laughs> it was like he sent it to Tim too, and Tim stepped on the joke that I definitely would have made which was just like cut the blue one it was just like this rat's nest of wires and like we were supposed to make sense of what was happening but it does remind me that when it started to falter I got a couple more days out of it by just like smacking it onto the counter really hard <laughs> and I'm wondering if perhaps that lent itself to the the dislodging of of the sheath, as you put it. I can only do maybe 40 minutes on why we think the sheath came unsheathed. I think that it was warm and it kept on corroding the plastic because there's just genuinely a, a, that every single one of these coffee makers has been like made in a way where this get this part gets hot. It's not it's not supposed to get hot and it does. Apollo 13. It's definitely it's definitely not. It's too. like when Ron Howard's brothers like this is what we have to fix it. And he just like dumps out like a pile of tinker toys onto the countertop. And all the scientists are like, we're going to make this happen. So it, I think that's what it was. It could have been a bug in there or a spider. No. Is there any rodent that's small enough to, to no, get no, no, inside no, 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 no. that? Like, aren't there stories in Florida? I think Florida? like we need to move on. This thing is okay. foobar. Well, and the weird part <clears throat> is that 
I went on the strategist, which is New York magazine's like shopping guide. And I just like to, it's like, it's my window shopping. I never actually get anything, but they had an article, the seven best coffee makers you can buy. And this came out concurrently with Alex sending me the video of the no mushroom cloud exploding out of the bottom of our Bonavita one press eight cup metal carafe coffee maker and get I mean do I even like do I even need to insult your intelligence as to what the number one coffee maker on this list was the the editor's choice was it the Bonavita it was the Bonavita and it was like it like like was so salacious it like talked about how great it is it's got the basket it holds the temperature of the water right fits any dick anything you could imagine this is it and it's like the price is right and then like in tiny writing it was like you cannot buy this from Bonavita it is only available from third party sellers and it was 40% 40% more expensive than yeah, it when was, we bought it. Well, and inflation. It was like I saw one on eBay brand new for 470 when I was looking. Let's <laughs> just forget about it. Okay, so you wanted to end, and we will end soon on this segment, 503-894-8480, Landline Podcast. Don't tell your friends. But um, I just want to say a couple things that I need to follow up. Number one, how... Literally, how? Like, not some political, uh, rhetorical question. How do you not buy stuff like this from China? How do you do it? I'm just asking. There are. I think you buy it from Italy. There are 127 million Americans asking that question every day they go to the store. So I think it's kind of a broad stroke question. Okay, how can I not buy this item from China? Number two. Can you fix something like that? Are there people that can fix this thing? Because I want to cross over to my other yet-to-be-named podcast about saving the environment, which will debut this calendar year and should be called something that you leave on the message machine, 503-894-8480. That's the landline. Which is we can't keep throwing all this stuff out 18 months after it breaks. Like there literally isn't enough. There's there's not enough room for trash in the ocean (laughs) to put... This coffee maker in. I mean, if every single one of us threw out our coffee maker in 18 months. We'd be exactly who we are right now. And then another question. Where are they all going? I am uh, I know the ocean. I whatever. think New Pennsylvania is what everybody always says, right? Isn't that like why? Uh, isn't that? Well, wh- there, anyway, that's, that, a, that's a topic for another day. Isn't that why that guy, Jimmy Hoffa, is dead? And so... Another question is John Lucy, frequent guest of the show, message machine extraordinaire. Can do you know how to solder? Can, so I do. Uh, you, I told you that. Do you have a soldering gun, an iron, rather? Not right now, but I can get one pretty easily. And then like what rare, what rare mer- earth metals? What rare merkins? What rare earth metals are we using? It's just called flux. I think it's some sort of aluminum or. I don't know. I never thought of that. What is it? Somebody tell me what it is. Is it bad? Has it been mined in China? 
And then or Western Oregon, and Eastern then, Oregon. I guess also, um, what's your favorite coffee maker? All right, that's twenty five minutes and thirty eight seconds. Is that? That's probably enough. I think just leave them, leave them wanting more. Okay, actually, call in. What coffee? How are you delivering coffee to your brain? And how long do you typically sit in paralysis of making another essential purchase? Call the landline 503-894-8480. Save us from ourselves, please. And then um, last thing, if you are concerned with being a hipster, you have found the right place. There is a coffee drink that is made by Stumptown Coffee, which is now owned by Pete's. So hashtag Don't plug them until they're sponsoring out. you. No, I... I don't, I'm sponsoring them, okay? <laughs> Which is this like coffee cherry. So a coffee bean is picked and the bean you see when you put it in your grinder, which most of you don't do because you buy complete bullshit coffee that's already ground six months ago, is there's a bean there that was in the inside of the husk of what's called the coffee cherry. Well, now these friggin' hipsters are making a drink out of the husk itself. The basically. It's the fruit. It's not a husk. Okay. It, it's, it's like the pit of a cherry. Right. A bean is like a pit of a cherry, and this is a the meat of the fruit. Okay, we can hear that. Sorry. And so they're they're making a caffeine derived drink from that that tastes completely different from coffee. It kind of tastes like cherry juice. And it gives you a different buzz, so they say. And honestly, I don't know why they're selling them so cheap. It's only like two fifty for a can of them at the cafes. And for our last question of the night, do you know what that drink is called? To me? I forget. I forget the name. Wow. All right. It's been a long week, huh? What Sorry. Do you, what do you I work? mean, Friday night. What do you work for a living? All right, it's like called a Selassie or something. Uh, okay, that's better than nothing. Yeah. Yes, and I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, I forgot. I thought you were like put, posing the question to our audience no, to call in and answer. I, never, I don't care what our audience thinks. I do. All right, 503-894-8480. Thanks for tuning into this segment of Landline. Bye, guys. Landline. Next voice message. Hey, Aldo. It's Max. Uh, I was going to text you so we could dialogue about uh, COVID boosters, but I know that you're trying to embrace a lifestyle with less texting. So uh, I'm calling your landline. You know what? Um, on the way home, uh, that sty that I told you about has turned into a hideous, basically, whitehead on my uh, eyelid really unsightly it's i don't know everyone at work mentioned it too it was like super embarrassing anyway um hope to hear from you soon okay bye end of message to erase this message press that to message erase landline okay let's go for it sunday in February with Meg. Happy Sunday. 
Meg? Alex. Landline. I almost didn't pick up. I didn't recognize the number. Are you pregnant again? <laughs> Guess what? Gabe's vasectomy got reversed. No. Is that the la- is that the last time you were on the pod when you were the first person in our sect to give to to get pregnant and be giving birth? I think so. Wow. No, it was well that was the first time and then you had me back on again. Wow. For the vasectomy episode. Oh. Well, everyone should listen to both. They're they're world-renowned episodes with Meg. Thank <laughs> thank you so much for coming back. Thank you for having me, Alex. Yeah, I'm, ex- honor. I'm excited. Um, we're going to get to why you're on in a couple of minutes, but I thought of you earlier because I baked a cake. Oh, I love cake. And it was Duncan Hines out of a box, which some, for some reason we had in inventory in the uh, pantry. And um, I decided that we would spice it up. We put it in a bunt can- pan in order to you know, oh. make it ornamental in, in some yeah. form. And then covered it in a homemade strawberry glaze with frozen strawberries from last summer. Um, hey, you guys. But I didn't really, like, sift the confectioner sugar into the glaze, so it didn't actually, like, emulsify. And now there's all these, like, weird white spots. But the kids were licking their plates regardless, so it doesn't really matter. Um, it but sounds it delicious. made me think of your baking blog, your web blog of the past. One of your, we're going to talk about your art today, but one of your first art, pro- well, maybe probably not your first art project, but one of your first art projects that I encountered. So, what yeah, was that? What, was like a quarter life crisis, phase one. Well, let's talk about it. We're finally like at an age in the, in the internet's history where mo- many people have like a failed internet project. I have a few, including this podcast <laughs> that you're listening to right now. So, I disagree. So what What was it? It was you and your friend Aaron. I, and just, I guess, to give you kind of the the little minutia that I remember, I remember you guys got a like a real photo light or you had a real photo light and you were taking like, you know, one of those bright white umbrella style photo shoots of your your bakes creations. It had a cute name, which I can't remember. And what well, bushels and pecks. And what were what were the hopes and dreams? Like, just take us through that little project. I mean, we were probably 24 or something, 25 at the time, and we were probably just tired of going out and drinking all the time. Mm. Um, and we were hanging out anyways, and we were baking, we were throwing these parties with, like, ornate themes. I'm sure it started because of one of those. And we had to bake something, and then we were like, let's try bagels. Let's try making bagels. Let's try making bread. Let's try making pretzels and all these things that we've never tried before. And we had to hang out while doing it, and then we got to take pictures, and it was a lot of fun. And did you, like, is the website still up right now, do you think? I don't know. It I don't think it is. Doesn't it'd be it... bushelsandpecks.com or it was maybe a blog spot. Yeah, or, or WordPress, one of the two. Or WordPress. It's, it's like the whole thing is so quaint, right? The internet used to be so so much more gentle. Um, I know, it's true. And do you remember like any triumphs you had where you got like 300 people to read about your, you know, 
um, like chocolate stuffed croissants or something like that? I think <laughs> I don't think we had the reach that is such a goal today for people. I think it really was just documenting triumphs and failures and taking pictures and editing photos. And I think the majority of the people it got to was they were just friends and family and distant cousins at the the farthest stretch. Um, But I don't think it was, it didn't make it big, Alex, if that's what you're asking. And do you remember how you guys finally like hung it up? When was the point when you're like, let's not do this anymore? I think we got jobs that required more of our time and yeah. attention and focus um, around like 25, 26. So we decided um, we just couldn't, yeah, we just couldn't set aside the time for it anymore. But it was so much fun while we were doing it. There's so much of that, to th- you know, post 9-11, pre, I guess, troop surge in Iraq internet where you where there was so much good writing and content like some of the old emails that friends have passed back in the last few years from that time like post-college pre coupled up it's Mm -hmm. so well written so long form um the comedy is incredibly cutting and i just wonder there's got to be a place like you guys could print out bushels and pecks on one of those you know, like photo book services and have some hardcover version of that for your kids to thumb through when they're looking at, it could be like mom's cookbook from after she graduated from college. There's got to be a way to, there's so much stuff on the internet that was good that no one has ever looked at again that could be brought to the uh, tactile world. Yeah. I mean, would you, would you want that if it was formatted with the beautiful pictures and like your recipes? For sure. Now you're making me, I kind of forgot about that whole thing, so I'm really glad we're having this conversation. I have to go and see if I can find it somewhere, if it's not, like, live on the internet, if it's somewhere Well, I've saved it. Gabe and my know. friend Rob G um, can find anything on the internet, even <laughs> things you don't, right. you think we're gone and, like, we're, like, really banking on being gone. So there's, like, a there's some sort of time machine on the internet that you can, okay. it's there. I feel like you I'll could call f- Rob if I need to. Yeah, yeah, Rob, call call the landline 503-894-8480 and tell us where where to go to get Meg's bushel and pecks back. But <laughs> I feel like seriously waking up on a Sunday morning or like at Christmas time making those bagels that you made with the recipe. What a what a nugget of joy. That's all I'm saying. It could be an incredible yeah. nugget of joy. Um I agree. Okay, well, we're here because Meg needs to use me. Uh, Meg has an interview on a real podcast. We think. We think it's a real podcast. I'm not going to cast any aspersions. And she wanted to get a little practice, which is only mildly insulting. But really, you know, everyone everyone knows that I'm willing to talk in front of anybody who's willing to listen. So it's kind of like we're using each other. It's I think it's a healthy a healthy relationship. Um, it was Gabe's suggestion at dinner on Friday, and I took it. I was like, yes, because she described it as just having a chat with a friend. And I was like, oh, I've had a chat with a friend on a podcast before. Let's, that sounds fun. Let's do a little refresher. Yeah, and just so. remember that the, 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 you know, the weight of the world is on the shoulders of the podcast host, not the guest. Like, 
if somebody books a guest that doesn't do a good job, that's their problem, not the guest. So you're just if the person doesn't know how to ask you the right questions or if the conversation ends up not being that good, which I'm sure it won't be, it's that's not on you. You just all you have to do is show up, you know, be be caffeinated or be present and, and answer the questions well. But the pod's about macrame, which you've now become a full blown artist in. And so why don't we just talk a little bit about macrame for you to practice and because it's also very landline, honestly. Um <laughs> It is. And and actually, what I know of your journey into becoming a macrame artist, I, I, which I think was accelerated during COVID, but you know you were already doing before that, it kind of, to me, illustrates what everyone said that they were going to do the last two years, but very few people did. So there might be some like really great wisdom you have in actually helping people accomplish things like learning French or losing 40 pounds or finally getting a divorce that like they couldn't handle, but you were able to. So, so first of all, what is macrame? It's, is that French for crochet? It can't be because crochet is also French. So what, what is macrame? Macrame is basically tying knots in rope. And that's how I started. So I actually started because I was pregnant with B, my youngest, in I guess it was 2017, um, and I called my mom, and I was like, I'm, I'm an East Coaster, so I don't, the earthquake thing makes me really nervous, and I was trying to find something for above her crib, and I was like, Mom, I want one of those, like, like rope, like soft, you know, it's like knots, and I didn't know what words I was I had no words. I didn't know the word macrame. And she was like, macrame? Like from the 70s? And she didn't believe me. And then as a joke, she gave me a macrame kit for Christmas. Um, I think it was a joke. I'm not sure. But then I did it in like two hours. And then I immediately got online and like bought more rope because it was I was just like totally hooked. And is it always been art? Like, was there some Portuguese fisherman that needed macrame to do something functional in, like, the 1400s? Or do you think it was always a musing, like an artistic musing? Because um, if it's rope, you would think that it was functional. But who knows? Yeah. No, there's definitely, like, nautical knots. Um, I think if you want to dig deep, I might be wrong on this. I should probably research this before I... Get on no, because no. See, but this is where I think it's like no. You they that person knows that when you're on a macrame yeah. podcast, that's the person you need to ask. So you don't need I to research say, it. I want to say that it was like a Buddhist form of meditation, like a, wow, like original roots. Wow, very cool. I read that somewhere. So I think that that, and then of course, you know, the boom in the seventies. Um, the wall hangings and everything. Um, and there's some, I mean, I just found a couple when we were in Palm Springs. There's some, like, vintage macrame that's just like, I would say tapestries, not just macrame, because macrame, I think, is just the knotting of the ropes, but like woven tapestries, when you start weaving within that, there's a lot of really cool um, 70s woven tapestries that are there's just nothing like them um and so i got a couple but so 
So you start you you got a little you, you got the itch or you got the bug whatever they say and so I got the bug yeah and then <laughs> I mean at some point you stepped up to a loom right and it was a smaller loom but you, what where when do you go from just tying ropes to like I'm gonna get a loom yeah so like the the macrame is like from a stick or a rod a dowel and it hangs down and you tie knots and it's just kind of like working with gravity right it's kind of top to bottom. Not till you get to the bottom, the end. But then you start weaving, like on a loom, or there's all there's like a million different kinds of looms. But I just did like a frame loom, so it's just a square basically. Um, and then you have to warp the loom, so you basically string it up and down with like a very thin string, and then you weave through that. But and that opens everything up, so you can work bottom to top, side to side, you know, center, outward. You don't have to work just with gravity. Mm. Um, and then some people, myself included, they use the macrame ropes as the warp. So you, like, macrame, hang the ropes down, and then you weave through those vertical ropes. And then, it, you know, it can get kind of bunched up because you're not tied down to the loom, but it's also cool if you get a hang of the tension and everything. And so do you, you like start doing this in earnest and start having a bunch of macrame art of probably varying degrees of, of um, quality in your, around your home. And then are you like, I got to get rid of some of this stuff or, or I'm going to be like a, a macrame hoarder. And that's when you start to try to like give it away or sell it. Like yeah. when do you jump from, having this thing you like to do in your garage to like trying to sell some art? Um, I, I think maybe, I think maybe at one point it just got to be too much. And Gabe was like, you know, I, he's very supportive of my art, but it was everywhere. And so I started just shipping it out to people. If there was, you know, um, a birthday or an anniversary or a new baby, I would, um, I would make something with that in mind. And then I would just, cause I have to keep making for a while before I can be confident enough to sell it. You know, I wasn't comfortable for, it was like six months to a year. Um, but then people started asking me to make custom stuff and they would tell me the colors and the size and everything. Then, I just had no idea how to price myself. So I was like, I don't know, like 20 bucks, 40 bucks. Like, I, you know, I'm still learning. So that, there's also, it takes a while, that whole part of it too, a very long time. That's very hard for me. Well, one thing that I was thinking about that I find super fascinating about this is where you, I mean, I know your personality pretty well, and I certainly know my own and would be happy to project myself onto you, which is this idea of when is it not embarrassing to be doing art, right? So it's kind of like this, you got to have a lot of confidence to think, to start marketing something you make, whether it's physical art or digital art. And I, I can imagine something that's as relatively esoteric as macrame I don't know. Maybe it's easier because there's either people who like know about it and like it and want to pay for it, or there's people who have never heard of it or are never going to be interested by it. But like, do you call yourself an artist at this point when people ask you what you do? I do, but it's hard because it just sounds 
really snobby. Like when I'm meeting other moms at, you know, the new elementary school, when people ask me what I do, I say I'm a fiber artist. And then I kind of explain what that is because rarely do people know, which is totally fine. I don't say macrame because I have found macrame to be very, like, divisive. Like, people either love it or they totally hate it. Um, and that's what all the people just, I, yeah, I mean, everyone I've been talking to has been saying that, how divisive macrame is. So and I, it's so oversaturated, too. So even if you do like it, you're like, oh, God, like, another macrame artist, like, the last thing in the world needs, <laughs> right? No, but that's so, that's so, like, in your echo chamber. Nobody knows any macrame artists except you, if they know you. But, I mean, maybe that's... That's a whole nother. Well, we should talk about that because that gets into like the social media and the Instagram world that that I know you inhabit. But like back to the artist. Sorry, I cut you off because you were there. Like, do you know when you if we had a whiteboard and we were kind of diagramming like where we where you are going backwards from when you like first did that kit that your mom gave you? Like, do you know when you started to say I'm an artist? And if you know, on another channel of that graph, could would that be? correlated to like the sales you made or was it more like an internal declaration that you were confident enough to say that because you knew your art was good it was definitely internal and it definitely was pretty recently um i just started saying that i was an artist just because it didn't feel it felt like i was putting on a costume or something before it didn't feel real it didn't feel like i you know had earned that or deserved it yet. But then you, you know, I, uh, you read all these things about, you know, saying, and I'm not the only one who feels this, like a lot of other artists feel the same way too. They struggle with it. But, you know, I think it's a personal choice. It's easier. It's more direct than being like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm home, but I make macrame. And I also, you know, it's just like, there's a title to it to say the title if you feel comfortable enough to say it. But it took a very long time for me, but I guess like three years. Yeah, maybe that's like craftsman or artisan is maybe even an easier word to say out loud. I, when people even brought up my podcast in public in the past, which is so much smaller than your macrame, like by exponential numbers, but I like wouldn't even be willing to talk about it in front of people just because it was so embarrassing. So I don't know. There's something there. I mean, there's a spectrum of confidence and also, I guess, honesty where there are people who are saying that they're artists so much earlier and so much louder without ever making any art that anybody cares about. Yeah. And it's yeah. Uh, it's a word. There's a lot. There's a, psychologically a lot there. I think it's interesting. Um, yeah. All right, so where where are we at now? Like, you are producing how much macrame on a monthly basis? Like, are you or just like give us these? These are here are some of the questions you're going to get in this podcast. You're practicing for like how much do you work? What are you listening to when you work? What are you thinking about? They're going to want to know about your commercialization and all of that. But like, what's your routine from from sort of a production standpoint at this at this juncture? It kind of changes with the demands. Like, for I'll get a lot of people asking for com commissions kind of at one time. And so I'll take, you know, a few of them and then I'll close it because the whole reason why I started this 
and kept doing it was because I was hooked and I was I had all these ideas I wanted to explore and see if I could turn into reality and they keep coming you know that doesn't stop um the commissions obviously bring in more money so I'll like open windows of commissions throughout the year and then I'll close them depending on how like my other sales are going of um the ready to ship stuff and, and that's all just to interrupt that's all social media yeah i know this is like where it's really going to get uncomfortable between us i know <laughs> it's hard well I, it's okay I, let's i mean let's just talk it through so is it is it specifically instagram or do you have multi channels no so i have i have figured out how it works for me and at my limits and like a very personal choice when it comes to social media. Um, I started it. It went well. I kept doing what I was doing. I'm not, I'm not on any other, I'm not on TikTok. I'm not on like any other just Instagram, which is I think hurting me at this point because so many other fiber artists have a TikTok, have a Facebook, have a, all these other, they tweet, I don't know, even, I can't keep up. But I, I'm like, I'm going to put all my eggs in this basket. I'm going to do, like, go full throttle on it. I'm going to have a website, and I'm going to see what happens. And on my website, like, 99% of my traffic is from Instagram. Um, so it's working well for me, but I do still, all the time, regularly have to put boundaries on it like I can't post every single day like it wants me to I can't um, do all the reels I don't do reels I just was like I don't have time for it I don't even know what that is what's a reel like the videos on Instagram gotcha so now the algorithm rewards you if you do reels versus just pictures but it's a photo app. Like, that's how it was founded on, you know, being a photo-based app. And now it's trying to be like TikTok. So if you have a reel, you get more views and more exposure. Gotcha. So I won't do reels. <laughs> I have my limits. I'm just like, I feel like in my life, I'm always trying to figure out the way to maximize my working time in my studio. And by not doing reels, that gives me a whole lot of extra time to just work in the studio, which is like what I want to do at the end of the day. So uh, hy- hypothetically, because it's an interesting conversation, not because I'm trying to do a value judgment on you. If you posted on Instagram and was like, because face because Meta is the worst company on the surface of the planet, they're ruining human rights and funneling trillions of dollars into the hands of dictators who are invading other countries and are making everybody fat and boring and ruining the political system and overthrowing our democracy. And they want everybody to live with VR glasses in a make-believe land and never leave their homes. So I'm no longer going to sell my macrame on Instagram. Email me here to join my listserv or, you know, whatever. Do you think, what happens then? Like what? Like let's talk. Like I'm not saying it's going to go okay. Do you get no sales? Do you get some? You know where? Where do you think it goes? I I have seen a lot of people, and I'm planning on doing the mailing list thing too because people are just kind of artists, especially small business owners, have kind of had it with 
Instagram and how they're making things so hard for us to be seen, they're doing the mailing list thing. And so I'm going to do that. But I feel like if I did that, got off, you know, completely, there would probably be some sales and then I would, people would kind of move on you know, to what is there in front of them that they're seeing every day. Right. I mean, it's interesting. There's, that's where it's, call the landline 503-894-8480 if you know how to transfer a social media business into, like, at some point people are just going to want your online store, right? You, you, there must be some place on the graph where you don't need social media anymore. Or maybe the social media companies have figured it out that, like, there is no methadone. Like there is no way to exist in this type of sort of self-propelled entrepreneurship without having them. So it's just, uh, it doesn't matter. You don't like, don't care about it. That's what I care about. I don't, I don't need well, you I to care about it. not care about it. You know what I mean? Like it is in the big picture, it is a thing and it is, and it's just like, how far does this go? How, much are you going to beat me down, you know, before I say enough. But, you know, there's two things that I find value in, and it's, um, I mean, it started really as my art, but also a community and meeting all of these other artists around the world, right? And now we're all connected, and I talk to them almost daily. Um, and so that's very cool. And the second thing is I haven't paid a penny Right. To Instagram. Not a cent. Just your identity. And it's only, it's just your identity. <laughs> Which, to be fair, isn't worth that much. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm just, just kidding. That's just my only way to get my knife in you. <laughs> and I, at almost every sale I've made, you know, not through family, friends, and, you know, word of mouth has been from there. So it's, you know, it's, it's, I can't be too mad at them, you know, because at, at the end of the day, I, I win in that regard, but I also lose in, in others. So well, and if maybe if Instagram was just a store, I would hate it less because then it would could like take down Amazon. Um, yeah. If it was a bunch of people making you know a larger percentage of the money themselves, and um, you know now it still isn't Main Street. Do you ever think about like doing consignment or like wholesaling to to galleries yeah. or anybody like that? I I mean, for the longest time, I wanted to, I mean, COVID has obviously made it difficult, but wanted to get out to my local community because I've made a few contacts locally, and they've been great. I've done collaborations with a woodworker, and, um, and I've met a couple of small businesses, and I put, they offered to put some of my work, you know, in their brick and mortars, and they just, they don't sell, so... They just hang there. Hmm. Well, um, and I think a lot of it, again, has to do with COVID because, you know, a lot of people aren't going into as many stores as they would otherwise. But now that it's getting better, I'd love to explore, you know, doing markets or, you know, something like that. Well, it's also just that we have been conditioned to look for the things that we want on the Internet in, in, and in a way, I love that, too. Like, I love buying furniture and other things off Craigslist. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, because I love buying used things so that another piece of shit doesn't get manufactured and ruin the environment. So, mm-hmm. but it's also like fun and it's kind of like scalping and being at an auction and being like at a, a, a in in an episode of Hoarders all at the same time. So it's like it's and and it's a way to like go drive the car and listen to sports radio. So, but I think that. Um, for somebody that is looking for such like a niche specialized prod product, you know, you're not going to drive around in your car, poking your heads into little boutiques, wondering if they have macrame and right, I've gotten right. completely burned and there's millions of podcast episodes I never did because I'm horribly organized and didn't write it down about wanting to like do the right thing by going to look for some light bulb or vegetable peeler or you know screw nut that you or whatever a battery for some you know peter and the wolf musical book that my kid got in his stocking and you end up like burning half a tank of gas and wasting your entire day trying to find something when you could have just gotten it from the internet so i mean it's it's it is it's this it's definitely you know there's a lot of nuance there all right we'll blow our mind with i'll let you go here in a minute or two um can you just like kind of like brag about yourself and blow our mind with doesn't have to be necessarily financial or monetary, but like some like giant amount of macrame you've done like at a Christmas or like at some like sale, like w- share with people how much you're producing or if it's not about volume, like tell us something that is kind of what you're most proud of or might, might be most amazing to somebody about your, your art and its progress. Oh, just gosh. do it. Um, um, this is like this is the hardest part, and this is the part I'm most nervous about with the podcast. Is just like talking about myself and like, well, you, bragging. I hate it. I you, hate it. You already call yourself an artist, you douchebag. So just, just, just I know. Tell us. So like, I've followed up with something, right? I can't just like shrink into the corner after saying I'm an artist. Exactly. Like, that's, that's shitty. Um, I mean, uh, I love. The progress that has been made with the large-scale pieces, those are my favorites. So I've done pieces up to, like, 60 inches long, um, a few of them. And those, I'm about to do another one. Um, but I, lo- I just want to go bigger. I just love the size. I love the scale. I think that it's, I mean, the thing that I've always loved about working in this medium is just, the meditative process of doing it and those babies you know they take i don't know up to like 30 hours or something and what more how do you ship that it's tricky that's the hardest thing i have these boxes that are 60 inches um and so i have to like shave a little off the dowel to make it like 59 inches so Mm. that it fits if i'm shipping it um but the last one I got to install locally um, at a house down the street, and that was just the best because I got to install it and style it and brush it out and, like, you know, make sure it was absolutely perfect before I left. Whereas if you ship it, and you can only really ship it one way by rolling it up, you know, tying it really tightly and hoping for the best. Um, But once it's out of my hands, it's like I, I can only pray. Right. <laughs> it's there in one piece. I can't do anything about it. Did the one down the street go to the house of the monkey? No. No, it's it's another um actually another colleague of Gabe's. Nice. Um, yeah. So 
Yeah, I just, if ideally, I would just make those and just hand them out locally around L.A., but that's not a sustainable um, practice. And what are you um, kind of, well, sorry, I kind of stumbled there, but like just a macrame podcast. Like, again, I'm no critiques. Like, this podcast (laughs) is clearly worse than, than that one. But it's like the fiber artist podcast. Fiber art. Like, okay, cool. And it's it's kind of all encompassing, which is cool because you get macrame people, you get you know weavers, you get embroidery, knitting, crochet, anything with any kind of fiber is it kind of covers that, um, which is good because you get a lot more you know diversity, all different kinds of people. And are you able to kind of? set aside I know I said I would finish but this is one other thing I wanted to ask you about because I I do think kind of just circling back before we get back to Gabe's vasectomy um circling back to where people are now with their artistic projects most notably myself and where I'm sure that they would love to be um you know whether that's writing or doing painting or doing, you know, taking more photographs with an actual point and shoot camera or whatever the things people are trying to learning French. Do you, what are your recommendations on like how to get over the hump and, and how have you made it that so that you, um, can do that with kids and the same, you know, crazy schedules, everybody else and trying to be a family member and all of those things. How did you persevere? Like, how did you sit down and actually, like, write the first chapter? You just, you, you have to just be willing to adapt um, to different, you know, scheduling circumstances, especially today. You have to be willing to fail. I would encourage failing. I have failed so many times, and that is just the best way to move forward, is to fail and keep going. And you have to just, figure out what's best for you. You're going to get like so much advice from so many people. And I just, I've always just hated being told what to do. So I just was like, you know, thanks. And I would just try and I would fail and I would pivot and you just, you just keep going. And as long as it makes you happy and gives you peace and some relief and, you know, purpose, then never stop. I think that's the key. You got to love, you got to love doing it. Um, you yeah. want, you have to want to be in the struggle and like kind of be yeah. shitty at it, which I like mostly with this, with this artistic project of my own. Um, okay. What's the website? Um, it's just megspitzer.com. Meg, M E G S P I T Z E R.com. And what's the Instagram? Just do it. I, that's how much I love you. Just tell <laughs> us what the fucking Instagram is. It's the same. I'm, it's at Meg, you don't even have like at Fiber LAX or something like that. No, it's Meg Spitzer. I think you should change your handle and then come back on the podcast and see <laughs> how it goes, and hopefully, like nobody can ever follow you again. But um, okay, I'm just kidding. Okay. I'll just do Fiber LAX and see what happens. No, it's like too commercial. We'll think of something better. Maybe Fiber <laughs> Burbank. Um, Meta Fiber only. And is the host of the show a male or a female? Female. That's Cindy. nice. Cindy Boxer, she's the best. It is going to be like talking to a friend. So yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be fine. But I just remember listening to it when I was 
starting out in like 2018 and being like, you know, if she asked me to be on someday, I'll be thrilled. And then it happened. And I just have this like thing with anticipation where I build it up so much and then I get nervous and I just have to not do that, I guess. Well, focus on, uh, I was on an airplane and I watched the first 10 minutes of the King's speech, which I've seen before and had to turn off because I just couldn't deal. But um, like watching someone like have a hard time stuttering for an hour and 45 minutes is like the worst idea for a movie because it's just so uncomfortable. But um, the radio host for the BBC in the 20s like did this amazing like gargling and then like and you should focus on being in a really good place with good sound make sure if you're doing zoom your wi-fi is in good shape your best headphones have a glass of water next to you like make sure that you're projecting your voice you're sitting straight up those are the things that you can focus on because the content will just and you d- you're doing a great job right now. But just, you know, that those that's what I would focus on, your production value. And your husband might know a little bit about that. Um, Thanks, Alex. OK, so really quick, um, Gabe yeah. got a vasectomy. We heard about that or we heard about the prep. And I think we're far enough away from it now that we can um, just quickly recount that he then because of oh, some um, sort of oh, man. Uh, combinations of medically prescribed medicines etc fainted when he had to go to the bathroom the night after it happened and fell and hit his head and bled all over and then the ambulance had to come right well there wasn't any blood but he was out and i thought i did the right thing by letting him pee by himself because i i've been on him all day I mean, he's a fainter. I can say that here because you all know him so well. He's a bit of a fainter. So I was really, like, it was at the forefront of my mind. And he had, you know, done fine all day. And I was like, I can let the man pee by himself. Like, I don't have to, like, helicopter mom him in the bathroom. So I let him go. And then I just heard him fall. And then I go in. And he was out. He was totally out. And I had to, like, scream and shake him. And he couldn't. His eyes opened, but he couldn't sit up. It was awful. And so then I had to call a friend to come over because the kids were sleeping. And then I drove him to the to the ER. So, like, <clears throat> is there any – it's just such a – to have your ability to procreate, like, just bringing you <laughs> to your knees so significantly. Like, I just wonder <laughs> – did I, what did everyone like when the dust settled? Was there like a connection between the vasectomy and the injury? Like, were you guys like maybe that wasn't a good idea? I don't know how to ask this question without no offending I mean, it, anybody. It was, but it's like it was, it's like he got snipped, and then it kind of like set off like really a tragedy of errors. And was that like did anyone have a moment of like is this karmic? Well, and then he had to tell everyone the story over mm. and over again, like the the person at the front desk at the ER, the nurse, the, the next nurse, the doc. Like it, he had to like say it over and over again. Right, but what? it was never like I, I don't think we regret it. Like it was the right decision. The only regret I have is not peeing with him. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and then I could have caught him. Well, there's a lot of like feedback on the landline podcast about uh, on the answering on the answering machine about how brilliant he was on the last podcast. So I just needed to kind of like bring the world back into balance by having that little story. And um, oh yeah, he's the best. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck, Meg Spitzer dot com. 
fiber oh, art cool. for your home. Doesn't have you don't need shag carpet. It's modern fiber art. What do you think of that <laughs> p- picture I sent you from from Scottsdale? With, that was incredible. It was macrame. How big was that thing? It was macrame all over the entrance to like a super chic restaurant, and then I think they had macrame all these like globe lights inside. So obviously oh, you're yeah. on trend. Do you worry that the trend of your art could go away, or will there always be like new people that love macrame? I feel like there's always going to be people who love macrame, but also fiber art, and so that's why I didn't want to like pigeonhole myself into just you know one kind of fiber art because I do want to learn how to knit and crochet and embroider and then you can kind of mash it all together and make something really cool if you want and do you feel like I we missed like a whole section of this that I should have been more on the ball with but this is very landline you have you now use your hands to make something with natural fibers for just incremental artistic progress on the surface of the earth with obviously some financial gain, but that's not really what it's about. Clearly by this conversation, we can tell that. So like, does it feel good to be on the internet less and be at your loom more? It does. And that part of it is, is very landline. I'm trying to get more landline. I mean, I'm trying to, I guess, think more globally and, the environment and there's some materials that I've used in the past that I love. I love using that I it's just not good for the environment so I've had to stop and just like, you know, sipping and just trying to think of it all, you know, big picture, what I'm leaving, what I'm contributing, you know, how I'm helping, even if it's just me and my, my business. Well, I think um, you're helping society way. by spending more time producing something that brings joy versus kind of being on message message boards talking about like critical race theory. Like I think that there's, I don't think you need to, even what you're doing now is a incredible improvement over me, like seeing what the Patriots are going to do in round two of the NFL draft next year. So I think that we could all kind of, you know, take a chip off your block at producing something, even if it's not as successful as you've been. Yeah, less time on the screens, more time making with your hands. I'm always, I'm always for that. It feels so good. Well, thanks for being on. And thanks for having me, Alex. This was great. Good I luck. What's it. the name of that podcast you're going to be on? Um, the Fiber Artist Podcast. All right, I'll listen. You should too. Thank you, Alex. All right, bye. All right, bye. Landline. Next voice message. Hey, Alda. It's Mac. Decided to not get the COVID booster. Was hoping to dialogue with you about it. Uh, anyway, you call back as soon as you can. Bye. End of message. To erase this message, press seven. To save it, press nine. To mark message as message erased. Landline. Okay, everyone, hear that fuzz. There it is. Hear it? Okay, so I can eliminate it, but it's just, it's got to be better. It's got to be better. So let's see if we can, we're going to, oh, fuck. I'm in the phone booth. There's wires everywhere. And... We gotta call these people. 
one eight hundred J K audio. You gotta get rid of that hiss. JK Audio. Hey, I have a problem with background noise in my JK Audio broadcast host, and I was wondering if there's somebody I could talk to about that. All right, hold on. Wow. Wayne, can I help you? Hey, Wayne. I have a podcast, and I use your guys' broadcast host. And I just cannot get rid of a background fuzz. Um, even when I'm – I have a mix minus set up with a small compact mixer. But even when I just plug the unit in and put my headphones into the front uh, jack, I just can't get rid of the fuzz. And I'm wondering if you have any suggestions. Yeah, possibly. Let's let's start out with the serial number of the unit, so I know what uh, how what kind of unit we're dealing with here. Okay, uh, it is BH zero eight two four four. Okay, and then the next question I would have is, do you have the power supply handy there, and can you tell me what the model number is on that particular power supply? Sure. Can you just hold on one second? Sure. So the model number is SDI-18U, and it's manufactured by CUI. Okay. Just wanted to make sure that we were using the correct supply here. Looks like this unit is quite a few years old, but it doesn't necessarily mean that there's anything wrong with it. I mean, I would be open to getting a piece of equipment that, would replace this, but I just, I've been scratching my head for years at this problem, and I had a couple, I had a talk, I think a, a that to, or a talk to from you guys, and blah, blah, blah. Really, the the point is, I just, like, I, I don't believe in a world where I can get rid of this static, so until I kind of figure out what the problem is, I, I just want to, you know, first do that. Sure. No, I understand that. Um, it may be... I'm sorry, just bear with me one minute. Let me look at something else here. Okay. All right, now that, that should be the uh, the current power supply, so there shouldn't be an issue there. Um, I don't think that the age of the unit is going to make it any different from a new unit necessarily. So is this just in your headphones? This is on the recording? Is it on it's the on the recording. No, it's on the recording, and I can actually, like, I have EQs on my mixer, so I can actually, like, turn the highs up and get it to go really high. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, my levels are below, like, I'm not cranking anything. It's really, like, as soon as you get into a, a zone where you can even start to hear that channel, you, you hear the fuzz. So if it's just the caller audio channel, you can certainly equalize by, as you know, I'm sure, turning the highs and lows all the way down. Okay. And that's not going to affect the voice quality of the caller because of telephone bandwidth. Um, if it's just a...
background like a white noise, then there's probably not much else that you can do with it besides that equalization. If it's if there's a hum to it, then, then there may be a ground loop somewhere. There's no hum. It's de it's definitely okay. just like a snow. It's like a soft snow. Okay. Then most likely it is amplifier noise or phone line noise. Okay. And but if based the, on if, the if I level of the incoming caller, so so since if you if you raise the level of everything, you're going to raise the level of noise as well. Right. So, well, but but I hear it without the phone line even being plugged into the unit like i can take the unit all the xlrs out all the phone line out and just put it on my table plug it in and then put my headphones into the unit itself and i hear it so right so we're just dealing with amplifier noise okay and what is that like. i did at a full disclosure i bought this unit used i mean is it a potential that if it had i don't know been moved around um, aggressively or dropped or something like that, that something would come loose inside of it that would make the fuzz? I wouldn't think so. Okay. Um, really, with a telephone hybrid like this, they're designed to connect to telephone lines. Uh, the telephone line noise is typically going to be above what you would find on the noise floor of the unit itself. So that's why, you know, something like this versus, uh, you know, a really quiet digital mixer, there's going to be differences in and what kind of noise floor that you have there. Okay. So what would you um, Yeah, what do you think my like what what are what are the types of solutions available to me if I do knock down the lows and the highs in the EQ and still to still hear something? I mean, really the the, the only thing that you can do in a situation like this is to get a, a good strong signal from the caller so you have a better signal to noise ratio. Gotcha. And if it's not the caller themselves that are that, that is why you're getting a lower signal. And if it's actually the, the phone line that you're on, then there's really nothing that you can do about it on your end besides, you know, using a different type of phone line. And if you, but if it's, that's even true if it's just an amplifier problem, I guess what you're saying is like if it was a better phone line, then it would um, drown out the sound of the fuzz when they're speaking? Basically, that's, that's what it boils down to. I mean, what, we can certainly bring it in and take a listen and see if it's comparable to what you know, other hybrids sound like. Uh, if you'd like to do that, I can give you an RMA number and you can send it in. We'll have a look at it, go over it. And, you know, there, there is always the possibility that there's some parts that are marginalized that could cause more noise. Okay, so I would, like, send um, it to you guys and you check it out and you'd send it back? Yeah, yeah, we can do that, certainly. And I guess just out of curiosity, do you think if I got like a brand new unit off the shelf that the chance of this being the problem would be less? I can't say that because I haven't heard what the unit sounds like myself. Okay. Do you want so me to I, send I you an audio? I wouldn't, I wouldn't even, even try to answer that question yet. <laughs> do you want yeah. me to send you an audio file of what it sounds like? You, you can. Um, it'd be, it would be best if, if we made the recording. Okay. Versus just a random recording that you made with somebody else. Okay, cool. Because in that case, it, it, at least, at least you know, I know what kind of phone lines we're dealing with here, and I don't know what your phone lines are like, but we've got somewhat of a benchmark to go off of. Do you want me to record me and you speaking? No, that you'd rather have yeah. me just send it. Yeah, that would be fine. I mean, if if you're on the unit now and you'd like to make a recording now, that's perfectly fine. Okay, let me just hit the record button. Okay, sure. All right, we're rolling. Um, okay, great. Yeah. Um, what, one thing that I would want to do is 
since we've got uh, we've got me on uh, the caller side, we've got you on the local side. I'm, I'm going to give a key press so I kind of have a, a an idea of where we stand with a good strong signal. So okay. here it comes. Nice. All right, and then we've got uh, a little bit of silence there, so that's fine. If, if you want to give um, so, some audio feedback too, so I have a good left channel comparison. Yeah, absolutely. I'm here. I'm using a PreSonos mic. Um, I'm hitting about 75% of my level on my recording device. I have turned the uh, low and high all the way down, and my mid equalizer is at the, you know, U at the top. Not a okay, sound good. engineer, but... Um, okay, cool. Well, why don't I just... I'll, like, uh, export this file and truncate it so that it's small enough to send to you, and then what's the best okay. email address? Uh, you can send that to support at jkaudio.com. Okay, great. And what was your first name again? And my name is Wayne. Okay. Now, one, one thing I should have asked, and I didn't know that you had everything set up already, is this going to be a stereo recording with isolated channels? So what I did is, sorry, again, my your knowledge of audio recording is better than mine. I have me on one channel and you on the other just by panning channel one all the way to the left and uh, channel two all the way to the right. Yeah, that's fine. That's perfectly fine. Okay, cool. And do you want me to, when I export it to an MP3, do you want just your channel? Because I can do that too. No, no, just go ahead and just uh, just send that recording, you know, that 30-second or whatever recording it was. That's fine. Just okay. both channels. Okay, great. And when we get off the phone, I'll just jack it up too so I can you can really hear it. Okay, um... Uh, don't don't do any external amplification. What does that mean? I, I, well, I mean, you said you would jack it up. Meaning, like, I'm just going to turn the level up on channel two, so you can really like hear the noise at kind of its its. Uh... Oh, I, I see. So you, you're saying uh, as a separate part of the file, not the whole file itself. No, right? I won't. Yeah, exactly. Just at the very okay, end. That's fine. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Wayne. All right. All right. Sounds good. And uh, we'll get back to you. Um, if not today, then uh, either tomorrow or the following day. Okay, no problem. Yeah, it's going to take me a little while to get it to you, So, I, I'll, and I'm on the West Coast, so I'll look for it tomorrow. All right, sounds great. Thanks, Thanks Wayne. Bye. All right, here we go. Just let me take out the equalizer. So there it is, just everything level. And then let me just... That's me turning the level up on the channel. I'll turn that back down a little bit. Here's a little bit of the gain. And then here's the caller on the JK Audio unit. All right, cool. Thanks, Wayne. Landline. Next voice message. Hey, Aldo. Back again. Calling to inform you that once again I have COVID 19. Just really hoping to dialogue with you about it. This could be your last chance. Anyway. We're back as soon as you can. Bye. End of message. To erase this message, press 7. To save Message erased.
first time to play at the festival. Landline.